Welcome along to the Drop the Label podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Labels are all around us. We use them freely and often without thought. This podcast is an exploration of various labels discussed with various guests from different perspectives. We want to get people thinking about labels in their simplest form so that they adopt those that serve their higher self and drop those labels that hold them back in life. Thank you for listening. Will you drop the label? This podcast is brought to you by RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland, home of Team Carnage and the Barbell Club. We are the North East's premier transformation facility, taking you from absolute beginner to photoshoot ready. You just got to do the work. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Barbell Club or RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland or over on our website www.rtfitness.uk. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Tony Young from Eshore Wellness, a private coaching facility in Sigham. From labels such as Boring for not drinking the weekends away to the labels often found in the fitness industry. We then chatted bodybuilding and the mental implications of competing in a show and Tony's personal experience of doing so. And why placing your happiness in the hands of the scales or how you look in one picture is never a good idea. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to Drop the Label podcast. Today I have the lovely Tony from East Shore Wellness. Tony, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yes, so I am Tony. Um, I have my own personal training facility over in Siam to help women gain confidence in their mind and body and work in private, basically. Um, and I am a 37-year-old mum of one, part-time, single-ish parent with Sean working away. Um, so just busy, busy. Busy, busy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to highlight the fact that you said this was well out of your comfort zone. Yes, my heart's yeah. pounding. <laughs> <laughs> so I always find that sometimes it's better to put it out there that you are a little bit nervous just so that then, then you can move past it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm deep breathing, I'm not out of breath because I'm exercising because <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> Honestly, it's absolutely fine. It's just, just a chat. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so... um. You know this podcast about labels. You, you said that you'd been listening to um, a few of them so far. Um, what's your take on labels in general? Um, I probably wouldn't pay too much notice, attention towards them, really. It's how you perceive it, isn't it? It's, um, it's a describing word, basically. An orange is orange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it can be positive or negative, and it just depends on how you want to interpret it. So would you say it's more important to think about the labels that you're sort of dishing out or how you interpret the labels that are given to you? Um, for me personally, I would say it would be my interpretation. Right. Um, because I have a positive mindset. So right. I kind of always think for positive type things. I don't know. I don't think I label myself anything Mm -hmm. detrimental. Might. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I probably will at some point, but not often. Because I know when we were were, uh, messaging about, obviously, this, um, and I really like the fact that you said, I don't have any negative labels. My life's all sunshine and unicorns and rainbows. Um, And I quite like that because it's not very often you talk to someone who has that outlook there's always something yeah well I think that like you're the author of your own life 
basically you create your own happiness. Someone's not going to knock on your door and say, here's a pot of happiness. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to go out and find it. And, and it's the way that you talk to yourself. If you talk to yourself negatively, your brain is going to agree with you and find everything to back that up. And if you say positive and happy things to yourself, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. 100%. I totally agree with you. It's nice, nice to hear someone, someone who agrees with us on that front. Let's water our lovely garden of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it's important to point out because it, I suppose it's about control as well. Like you've, when people always say, oh, you're in control of your own destiny, it doesn't matter whether it's about being positive or whether it's about being successful, whatever it is, you're the only person who can change anything. Yeah, definitely. Anything. It's all down to you at the end of the day. So if you can talk to yourself in a more positive way and have a positive outlook on life. Yeah. You've, you're going to live anyway, aren't you? You can either have a shit life or you can have a happy life. Exactly. Just work towards which one you want. Mm -hmm. So is there any labels? And I know obviously we've, we've touched on it <laughs> and the fact that you don't have any negative labels. <laughs> um, is there any labels that you've um, been given or you've attributed to yourself, whether in your childhood or now or throughout, um, that sort of mean a lot to you? That mean a lot to me? I don't know. Or any, any standout labels for yourself? Well, what, like what we were discussing earlier, where I'm probably boring now. <laughs> <laughs> there is that one. I don't know. I think that um, I'm pretty structured. Um, I'm positive. I try to be happy and make everybody around us happy. Um, but I think to, for me to get to that place, I've had to change the person that I was previously, mm -hmm. where I was like, I'd go out and drink all weekend and be hungover and like that was fun. Mm -hmm. Now fun for me is completely different, which in that circle of friends may now render me a bit boring. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm happier being sober mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, fresh on weekends, and that's what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. well, if we if we stick with the boring, um, thanks. <laughs> not no, 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 no. <laughs> not like I'm calling you boring. I mean, as a topic, because mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it just goes to show how important interpretation of it is. And I mean, boring to you or boring to your friends isn't necessarily what's what's boring to you. So you 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 know, you've taken the, the the positive element of the fact that your friends are calling you boring, but you've reversed it in your head of, well, no, I'm actually happy. Yeah. You can call us boring all you want, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Like I put a social media post on a few weeks ago of like a Friday night in bed with a cup of tea and a book and I said, Is this I your idea of heaven or hell? Like mm -hmm. a perfect night or a terrible night? And for me, I'm like Oh, it's Friday, child free. I can just sit in bed, have a nice room and a lovely cup of tea and then wake up nice and fresh in the morning and some people will be like, I couldn't think of that worse. Mm -hmm. And then for me, waking up on a Saturday morning, like hanging out your backside, that's my idea of absolute torture. Whereas mm -hmm. other people will be like, but I had a good night last night. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of payback for the bit of the good night. And I'm like, mm, didn't see. Different people perceive different words differently don't they yeah so boring to me and you it could probably be being hungover as the worst case scenario and boring to another person could be 
sitting in bed on a Friday night with a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So how do you live with the fact that your friends might consider you boring? Like, do you you let it bother you at all? Or are you literally just like, nope, I am confident where I am? I do have quite a small circle of friends. And um, as long as we're all there for each other when we know each when we need each other, um, that's all that matters because they've got like every group of friends has got another group of friends, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So like I've got like two best friends and um, you know, Claire. Mm-hmm. She's not very good at drinking, like <laughs> I am now. Whereas the other friend uh, she loves that side of it, but she's got a circle of friends that she can do that with. So when we see each other, it's like a coffee and a catch-up or we'll have a few drinks in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not very... like I, I couldn't actually tell you the last time where I put some makeup on, a pair of high heels <laughs> and a dress, do you know what I mean? And went out and tried to stand upright and not fall off my heels all night. Um but like that doesn't mean that we aren't friends because mm-hmm. our friendship's deeper than just mm-hmm. nights out. So if you, I don't know if I did. I have friends whether I would just go out with. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I think that just goes to show the importance of surrounding yourself with people who know the real you. Yeah. And know what's important to you because I think there's a lot of people out there. They surround themselves with the wrong people because they think that they're their only friends. So then they cling on to that. And if a lot of their friendships based on going out, getting absolutely wankered every weekend or even during the week, then that's that's kind of the path that they're always going to be on. It's like, what is the the saying? You're the, something with the circle of five around you. Mm -hmm. Like you are them. So if you surround yourself with the people that drink drugs or you surround yourself with people who go to the gym and eat well, like, you will become that person. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep yourself a good circle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, it's, you know, at the same time, you've, you've just said there, you've got, you've got a friend who doesn't do the whole drinking thing and it's coffee and catch up and you've got a friend who, she's got both sides, like, Mm -hmm. she likes to go out and have a drink, but she'll also have a, a cake and a catch up with you it doesn't mean you're any lesser friends yeah but you obviously have a, a good understanding of what's important to each other mm-hmm. and allow you yourselves to be yourself i think obviously as you get older as well because i am 37 now and hangovers are a oh, little that's, bit more that's difficult. so old isn't it <laughs> <laughs> they're a lot more difficult than what they used to be when i was like 18 <laughs> when i got three nights off the belt <laughs> i can't even go to bed at 10 o'clock now without feeling rough the next day but i don't know i think just if you've managed to have that kind of a lifestyle through your younger years where you've you've done the nightclub and you've you've done the late nights and the lying in all weekend and, and house parties and stuff like that, you it's just not something that I've done it and now I'm finding another mm-hmm. part of my life that I'm enjoying. Yeah. And it's just calm. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> That's where we all want to get to, I think. Mm-hmm. So, East Shore Wellness. Yes. You've set this up to be a support in a private environment to make women in in particular more confident in, you know, what they're doing in the gym. Um and I know that you are doing a, a it's a mental it's a mental well-being mental health and exercise. Yeah, mental health and exercise. Um program yourself. 
so let's talk about the labels that you've encountered with obviously doing that as well. I mean, obviously I can touch touch on certain points with with having the gyms as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what labels have you had with that? So I think probably the first thing is mental health and exercise coach. Everybody thinks I've got to have some sort of mental health issue mm -hmm. to go there. Um, and it's not, um, we all have um, mental health, just like we all have physical health. Yeah. Um, and it's to ensure that you have a good state of mental health. So we, um, I try to focus finding good in exercise, finding that it, it is literally not a case of punishing your body for the dislike of it. It's pushing your mind through different levels of, um, I can't do this. Oh, actually, I've done it. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just finding that, like, a little bit of, happiness in themselves when they found that they couldn't do something and if they try they can and then that can then be applied throughout different scenarios in their lives um like me for example i'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone um and i'm sitting here i'm shooting myself <laughs> but it's like it's all just it's learning something new isn't it and mm -hmm. it's finding what levels that you can push yourself to um, just with a little bit of help. Yeah. Because it's so easy to sit inside your comfort zone, but nothing happens in there. Nothing changes inside your comfort zone. It's when you step outside of it. And sometimes you just need a little bit of a push. Like, mm -hmm. are you coming on my podcast? <laughs> no. Maybe later down the line. And then he messages us. <laughs> Sarah said, you're just me. I'm up here now. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, do you know what? Like, when I, when I booked London the other week, I went... I am not going to keep saying, I'll do it when, I'll do it when, just do it. Mm -hmm. um, there's never going to be a right time to get outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. So just just do it. So yeah. I was like, right, okay, I'll worry about it later. And I haven't started worrying until about 10 past 10. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. But it's, it's just finding a level that you can get to with somebody else helping and to be a, a happier, positive, stronger, healthier individual. Mm -hmm. Just for, for somebody to help you bring the best out in you. Because mm -hmm. we use that line quite a lot. It's like being the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people think that's totally cliche. And I suppose on paper it might sound it, but that is actually what, what we all strive to do is, is to just bring out the best version of them people's selves yeah because sometimes you've talked quite a bit there about people's comfort zones when is a comfort zone actually comfortable do you know what I mean like when you think about it you know your comfort zone might be doing the same nine to five job that you absolutely fucking hate to the point where all you can think of is the weekend and getting smashed because you've had such a shit week and people would consider that a comfort zone but actually it's making them really yeah. uncomfortable and it's sort of finding someone who's going to put some building blocks in place to, to help you, even if it's from a confidence perspective, to think, no, I can do more than this. Mm -hmm. I maybe he's going to consider a, a job change. Yeah, I've noticed that with like all of the, the stuff that I'm doing, where people are, they are realising that there's more to life than just going to work and doing a job that I hate. 
um, and living for the weekend. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities now for people to do, to make a living from what they enjoy. Mm -hmm. You've just literally got to, as long as your bills are still getting paid and stuff, then why can't, like, this is my side hustle. I've mm -hmm. still got a job. Um, but this is what I enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people um, to see their own potential. And then they might end up with a side hustle that one day might, and they'll be like, well, I would never have done that if I, if I didn't even join the gym. Yeah. Like to push my levels and realize that I, there's more to me than just this. Yeah. It's nice to bring people out in that sense. Whenever I get any feedback from anyone in the gym and it's like, oh, I've gone for this job and mm. I've got it and I was buzzing because I was confident in my interview and it's like, yes. <laughs> and you know it's because they've walked into the gym like, I kind of picked that bar up. Yeah. And maybe they haven't been able to pick the bar up, but gradually over time they then have. And then they're like, actually, do you know what it is? When I apply myself and I put the reps in, I can do something yeah. that I didn't think I could. It's just the little increments, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So how many people would you say sort of come to you um, and... Like you say, you're trying to help them be better versions of themselves and, and they'll say, I can't. Can't seems to be a big word used. Um, how much of that do you think comes from sort of their background and, and how they've they've lived their lives or how they've been brought up or labelled or, you know, whatever else? Well, I can go with that from my point of view because that was something I used to say to Ross <laughs> when I was training with him, like, what, nine years ago? I can't do that. Uh, there's no such word as can't. That was just it, wasn't it? <laughs> there's no such word as can't. So that's kind of stuck with me a little bit. It's, I, I can't, it, or is it that I just can't see myself doing that right now? Mm -hmm. um, and you just need to encourage them to see further down that actually you can. Um, so like my example is when I'm with my girls, I like them to try to do press-ups and like I can't do a press-up like, no you can't do a press-up now but in six weeks time you'll be able to do 12 mm. and mm -hmm. it's like literally just building it up ever so slightly um repetition yeah it's like anything in life isn't it repetition yeah. you put the reps in <laughs> <laughs> so what other labels have you encountered in in I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the fitness industry now what other labels have you encountered or is there any that you want to discuss? Um, I don't know. I think you hear a lot of just, I'm fat. Right. That's uh, what you always hear. And I don't know if you're the same as me, but I've still got insecure areas. Mm -hmm. So when you say, oh, um, I'll be happy when I lose this weight. Yeah. And it's like... You, one, I don't want to tell you this, but once you get there, you probably won't be. Yeah. Because then you'll find something else. Um, and a lot of people think that that's just the way that they're going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, um, like, I don't actually watch TV, but I think Love Island's back on. So I, I keep saying people talking about that on Facebook, but no, I don't watch it. I, I don't watch any television, <laughs> to be honest. But um, how many people are going to be sitting there watching that with all of these young girls with pert boobs and high belly buttons, and they're like, I'm fat. 
I'm mm. never going to be like that. Um, and they get a lot of negativity and then that actually prevents them from even starting a journey because mm -hmm. they're like, well, I'm never going to be like that. I'm just going to stay fat. That's yeah. me. Um, it's quite a sad one, really, because if you look at Love Island, I did see someone kicking off about it, saying that, that they've uh, they've been massively criticised for the types of people that they get on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're watching this, though. You're choosing to watch it, yeah. knowing full well the types of people that they get on, because it makes telly. Yeah, it's and like that's, car crash telly, isn't and it? That, <laughs> and that's what you've got to think of it as. And, and they put all these people on Love Island to... to What's what's even the point of Love Island? Is it to find really? Is it to find anything. a relationship or something? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, they're shagging them, and then and then the next night they're shagging someone else. Use to chatting on. What's Love Island about? <laughs> I do, I've seen it quite a bit on social media where they're like, they are starting to get a bit scrutinised for it for for putting like perfect figures on something that's unachievable, especially to like the younger age, mm -hmm. like say 18 year olds and things like that, where that's the, what they aspire to be. And mm -hmm. like, I can get on telly and make money um, as long as I've got an immaculate figure. Mm -hmm. So how do I get an immaculate figure? Well, eat next to out and, and run. Yeah. Probably half the time, isn't it? Um, I don't think there's enough on television of teaching people. Um, like the basics of nutrition and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a lot of things that I find is um, like when I, I, like I'm, I'm coaching a girl at the moment and she's lost a stone in three weeks. And I'm like, how have you, how have you done that? And she's like, well, I've just been doing what you told us to. Mm -hmm. um, eating more, um, drinking more water and I'm moving. Yeah. And she understands food groups and I think that there's a whole um where someone will have like a couple of biscuits and then the fucking button's pressed it's like, I've just ruined my day yeah I might as well ruin the rest of it and it's like well no you don't just those are your carbs yeah then have some protein have some fats yeah even it out yeah um so I'd, I think a lot of um having an understanding of food is is very important but should be taught more a hundred percent agree with you. I was talking to a, a guy who's a teacher last week um, about it, and they are starting to bring it into schools. He says, but it's it's still very much at the point of there's a lot of red tape and there's a lot of government guidelines, and it's mm. very very base level, and probably not enough to really sustain a healthy, yeah, healthy diet. Um, because I mean that's what I've got the problem with. I haven't got a problem with the fact that the people who they choose for that that particular TV show, they choose for a reason and they choose it to make. Telly, it's not cannon fodder, but you, do you know what I mean? Like, they just there's a certain type of people who they chuck into that environment in that situation to make good telly, and everyone fucking laps it up, and mm. they watch it week after week, and I just don't understand. And then they threw in the stardom. <laughs> but what I don't like is the fact that most of these Love Island people end up being Z-list celebrities, and they'll go off and start peddling ridiculous meal plans and mm. ridiculous diet supplements and I can't even think of half of them now there's loads there's that many like skinny coffee <laughs> and all the rest of it and, and this oh I look like this because I drink this and it's like no you don't yeah. like they're then allowed to lie and that's what really pisses us off because that's where the problem comes in I don't think the problem comes from 
having unachievable bodies because they are quite clearly achievable otherwise they wouldn't look like that yeah. it's more teaching people who were watching it to say well no like this is actually how they got to that point part of its genetics part of it's the fact that they're still only 18 19 yeah. 20 year old they haven't gone fucking so far past all of the uh, <laughs> bad it's habits it's just a lot of false advertising <laughs> and then i think that's the point and i mean to be fair if kid if people are complaining that it's shown unnatural expectations to kids of what kids should look like when when they start like teenagers should look like just supports the point of view that kids shouldn't be watching it yeah because a lot of like kids i was listening to something the other day and it was saying um like habits and stuff are caught not taught right so obviously we we your parents like what do we teach our children? What do our children see day in, day out? Mm -hmm. So my child sees somebody that prioritises sleep. I've got a good bedtime routine, which I've passed on to her. Um, we have a good morning routine. Um, like, a focus on steps. We try to eat well. We, we drink plenty of water and stuff like that. Um, and I live next door to a park, so literally as soon as she's in from school, she's like, I'm going to the park by, and I'm like, love it mm -hmm. it's like she's she's out she's um exercising and she doesn't realize that she's exercising if she's not up there yeah she's the same as any other nine-year-old child she's sitting with her ipad and she won't move unless it's to go to the fridge or the cupboard mm -hmm. um and because i am active that's her normal yeah um whereas if i got up two minutes before i went to school then sat on the couch all day, came back, chucked something in the deep fat fryer. Like that's the kind of life that she would then see. Yeah. So it's like being a good teacher to the next generation. Mm -hmm. as well. So she's sort of picking that up just from, from watching you really. Yeah. Does she ever come in the gym with you? Um, usually to like make a tit of herself basically. <laughs> <laughs> She'll swing around on the TRX and um, she'll bounce like the yoga balls roll all over the place and stuff like that. Like, I don't think she's coming for a bench press yet. <laughs> Do you know what it is though? That's where it starts. It starts with play a lot of the time because I'm pretty sure that when we, like when I was in here, I'm sure I've got a photo of you hanging upside down on yeah, one of the chin-up bars. Yeah, it came up on my time up not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> upside down on one of those. He was like, look, one. look what I've just came into. <laughs> yeah. So it is, but it, it's known that it can be fun as well. You know, mm -hmm. if she's finding some of the uh, equipment in there fun to play with, you know, at some point she's going to be like, Ma, show us how to do that. Yeah. That's what else I was reading the other day. It was like, um, when we were children, we just played out. It wasn't exercise. It was just fun. Mm -hmm. So at what point in our lives did exercise or moving your body had to become a chore instead of fun? Yeah. Like if you go out with the kids and you have a kickabout or you have a game of rounders or something like that, it's fun. Yeah. So if the, if the only way that you can find a form of exercise is to have fun with your kids, then do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I love going down to like the woods with the little in or like when we have um like the morning beach walks, pack a flask, a couple of sandwiches and go for a walk down into the woods. Like we couldn't get them the kids out of Plessy Woods the other week because they'd found someone had started making um 
like a camp den thing. <laughs> and they just wanted to go and collect twigs and build it up. And I was like, <laughs> I feel awful taking them home. Uh -huh. Like they're having such a lovely time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, right, ne well, like next time dad's home, we'll go somewhere and we'll make a day of it. Yeah. We'll, like just get out and about. I, I don't know. I think it's just, it's good to see children play. Mm -hmm. I like and be children. Yeah. I read a status this morning on Facebook, which was, um, I found it sad that it needed to be said, but it was let the children play. And it was a big write up of like, remember when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. And if, if they want to chalk on the street, the rain will wash it away. If the ball comes into your garden, Throw the ball. In it. <laughs> I, but, but how many people used to do that when we were kids? They're like, man, piss off, get the ball out of my garden. Uh -huh. Or the, if it comes in again, I'm putting a knife in it. <laughs> and it's like, e, do you know what? Let the bends be bends because most of the time now, I feel like kids aren't. Yeah. The, the, the more they are looking at tablets a lot of the day and they're sitting in school and, and they're, not, they're not moving as much as what they used yeah. to. And it's like, e, isn't it really sad that there had to be someone felt the need to put a status out there to let Bairns be Bairns, mm -hmm. but it and is. she's in all of the time now. Like, can I take the blankets outside? I've, like every blanket I possibly own has been up that park every other day because the building camps. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I can twist about half of the garden and stuff coming back in the house. But I'm like, do you know what? They're being creative, they're being adventurous. Mm -hmm. Like let kids be kids and it, it is difficult like i'm fortunate enough to live next door to a park if i lived the next estate over would i let her go that far would i sit in a park for two hours mm -hmm. while she does probably not but i think we've we've, we've got to let them find themselves yeah. a little bit yeah definitely i feel like we've gone massively on off tangent <laughs> It's fine. It's just a chat. You know, they're just, just shy, Tony. That doesn't shut up again. <laughs> right, so since you've just said we've been on a bit of a tangent, I'm going to go back just a few steps. So when you used to come to the gym, I remember having several conversations with you about nutrition and you used to demonise certain things. So obviously you've moved on from that point. Yep. Um, but you also, when you left here, you did a, a sort of a gym show or a bodybuilding show, you know, bikini, self-tanned, yeah. all of that business. So I wanted to ask about your experience with that. It was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, yeah. Some people will thrive on that, but it's not my cup of tea. So for me, initially, it's the comfort zone thing. Mm -hmm. I... Very rarely wear a bikini on holiday, even now. So for me to stand on stage in front of a load of people in a bikini just scared the shit out of us. Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep for weeks. Right. Um, I actually had quite a bit of wine before I went on stage because I was so nervous. <laughs> and everybody said to us, you should have won that, but you were so nervous. I remember at one point, I, I was like this on the stage going, I want me mom. <laughs> really? Like luckily it was only like a gym show for everybody in our gym, mm -hmm. but it was still in like a local workman's club and there was people there. Um, and it just made me feel so vulnerable that I was being judged on my body. Right. So because I am so scared of how people perceive me, I literally, it was unreal. I was living on like chicken and steam fresh vegetables, 
hardly anything. Um, I would be training hard every day, getting all my steps in, and then I actually even had a spinning bike in my living room where once I got the little into bed, I would sit on the bike with a waist trainer on. Like, do you know what I mean? All this <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, just pissing of sweat for the next 90 minutes until it was time to go to bed. Mm -hmm. And it was, I hated every minute of it. I, um, it put us in a really bad place because now I say no to things um, like going out and drinking and stuff like that because that's my choice. Mm -hmm. Then I was saying no to eating out, drinks, socialising with friends, doing anything because I doesn't eat anything. Right. Um, I'm probably not far off that shape then what I am now mm -hmm. and... Like, I have pizza every week. I have chocolate. Um, I don't deprive myself of anything. But back then, all I knew was, all I thought was mm -hmm. I need to eat as little as possible, train as hard as I possibly can, because there's going to be a whole club of people looking at you in next to note. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, Sean saw the change in his... Kirsty saw the change in us and um, like Kirsty actually said to us, I'm never going to allow you to do anything like this again. Like you, you're just a shell of the person that you used to be. Mm -hmm. And it just took everything away from us. But on the flip side of that, because I will always look for a positive, um, it taught me everything that I don't want to be. Yeah. So yes, looking on the picture, I looked incredible, mm -hmm. but guess what? I still thought I was fat. Really? Yes. Right. Um, I Why call do it you me, think? I call it me bum bag. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I this, I think it's a woman thing that you'll always find something to criticise. Mm -hmm. Also, it's the whole the brain takes a while to catch up to the visuals. Yeah. Um, so when you're changing your body so quickly, your brain hasn't got time to catch up with it. I'd deprived myself of of everything that made us happy um and it just showed me that that's never never something that i want to do again i don't want to stand in front of uh people in in my underwear and if people want to do that good for them mm -hmm. like because and it also taught me if you really really put your mind to it your brain can can do so much and your body can do so much um but you've got to want it mm -hmm. or you've got a need to do it because you're scared that other people's gonna judge you in your pants <laughs> but there's a lot of things that you can take away so I did learn a lot of lessons from it um and it's and I'll, I still have the pictures in my dressing room mm -hmm. and I'll look at them and I'll go yeah you look good but what isn't perceived on that picture is how I felt yeah what was going on? Like for me, I absolutely love my sleep. Mm -hmm. If I don't sleep, like it's a shit day. It's shit food choices. I've got no movement. Like I can't be asked with anything. Um, so to not sleep and then still have to push myself, yeah, like six hours training a day. Um, I like to keep that reminder there of just because on paper or on a photo you've got a good body, mm -hmm. but it doesn't portray everything. 
I think you said earlier on that um, you were talking about the, the, the label fat and how people will, will view themselves as fat. And when I, when I lose a bit of weight, I'll be happy. And you says like, more than likely when you get to a point where you think you'll be happy, you'll find something else to complain about. You'll find something else in yourself that you're going to criticize and latch yeah. onto. So suppose it's a, it is more about finding the, the balance with everything and being happy. And because at the end of the day, you can still have an absolutely banging physique. Like you've said, you're pretty much in the same shape now as you were then, but you're not depriving yourself to get there. Yeah. You for, you found a way to find your happiness and still feel and look good in yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, how how much do you think um, it affects the other competitors? Like, did, did you have any conversations with any other girls? Well, and one of the other girls is, st is still one of my really good friends. Um, and she went on to do competitions. Right. So she she thrives on it. Right. She she doesn't do it anymore. And one of the other, um, one of my other friends who is like absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, and I actually spoke to her when we were in the gym. I said, like, what's it done for your mental health? And she's like, I'm fucked. She said, because when you see yourself so lean, anything... After that, you, your head's just mashed because mm -hmm. then you've seen that you you kind of can't unsee. Like when you've had like six pack abs and your veins is popping out and you you're winning shows and stuff like that, and then two weeks later because you haven't reverse dieted correctly, you've you've gained a stone of mm -hmm. bloat and you're like fuck. And th I, I think that's it's not spoken about. Yeah. Mental health is something that is kind of a taboo subject. Um, but once you start talking about it, you'll find that there's a lot of people that go through the same problems and yeah. sometimes just need to talk about it. So, Because I was like, I'll never do it because my head was mashed up. I hated it. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, my mental health's knackered. Like, I, I feel fat when I put four pounds on. Uh -huh. and I feel like a different person. Mm -hmm. Um so there's probably a lot of poor mental health comes out of, of bodybuilding mm -hmm. um, competition-wise that's not really spoke about. Yeah, I definitely think it's the whole thing of being able to talk about it because I know I went through a phase and it, I spoke about, spoke about it with Ross before. Like when I had the burn, I obviously went home, I was quite isolated. You know, I was looking after my baby and, and you expect to be a bit overweight after having a child. Yeah. Um, but I'd seen other PTs in the area, females who literally snap back straight, straight in a six pack again. And I was saying to him, like, it's like, I've totally lost my identity because I totally identified with, it's Sarah from the gym with the abs. Mm -hmm. And I was always Sarah from the gym with the abs with Valerie Vane on my bicep. <laughs> and that was me. And it took a while to sort of, it probably still does every now and again kick back in. Like I said, I said to Ross from week one of doing these podcasts to now, right? I can see my chin creeping in. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to do walking podcasts for the future? <laughs> it's like, no, because I decided at the same time that I was going to do a bit of a bulk mm -hmm. and I was going to, I wanted to put some of my muscle mass back on that I hadn't regained since having the burn. But then at the same time, I'm sometimes I'll watch these back and I'm like, fuck, now I've got a double chin here. <laughs> I'm just going to sit like this, sit like that and take a selfie from that angle. <laughs> and it's it's a hard one because you never want people to say that, but there's a purpose behind why I'm doing it. And I think people have, have got to realise the purpose 
behind what it is that they're doing. Yeah. You know, if if you're going to do a bodybuilding competition, you've got to think of the process that you're going through and think about why it is that you're doing it. Is it to push you out of your comfort zone to give you something to focus on? Is it something to see how far you can get in yourself? But then springboard from that as a positive experience. Because I would say probably for you, I mean, tell us if I'm wrong, but you probably learned quite a lot from a nutrition perspective going through that process and probably learned a lot about yourself to then want to go into the mental health side of things mm. and being a coach and helping people realize that there's a fine balance and there's a fine line between being happy with yourself physically but then being happy with yourself mentally. Yeah, I think... Um, like it came up on my time hop this morning about going to the gym and this was like 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like how much has the gym environment, um, my environment, has it evolved over this, that 13 year? So it's like 13 year ago, women hardly ever touched weights. Mm -hmm. It was all women go to the cardios, the boys go to the big boy section. Um, the big boy section. <laughs> <laughs> or try to be big boy section. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so much over the years. Um, and it, I think it is becoming more obvious as well. Um, it's easier to understand. I don't know whether it's because that's my knowledge area. Um, but like I was thinking of this this morning, I was like, I was the girl that thought like a pasta salad was a massive bulk of pasta with full fat mayonnaise, a pack of ham, and some sweet corn. <laughs> like I'd have a heart attack if you saw me with that now, <laughs> because I still don't like salads. Mm -hmm. But um, I know that that's not going to help to get me towards my goals, and I kind of leaning towards how foods make me feel. Mm -hmm. afterwards I know some things that disagree with us um but I'll never stop myself from having anything now because I think it's when you take something out of it you just want it more and more, more. yeah so if you like I'll say to my girls I want you to eat to nourish your body so I'd kind of go it's what you can add into your diary uh, um, diet rather than take out yeah and then you'll find that some things is just kind of pushed out yeah because they're putting something in yeah um so i can't like i'm i'm shit with food uh with fruit and stuff sorry so i'm like right how can i get more fruit into my diet so i disguise everything so i'll put it with like <laughs> yogurt or oats and have you seen those the weetabix cheesecakes on tiktok Honestly, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> so you've got your wheat mix on the bottom and then your Greek yogurt with some protein powder and some fruit drops and then just load it with fruit and it's like a fruit cheesecake for breakfast. <laughs> it's class. I'm getting my protein. I'm getting my carbs. I'm getting fibre. You sound <laughs> like a child where you have to blend yes, all the veg. I, I have to make it appealing for it. Like, I'm not... I, I still won't touch a salad. Um... And I always remember, like, he used to always say to us, you need to be consistent, Tony. You just need to be consistent. <laughs> and I always used to say it, but I am, I'm consistently inconsistent. <laughs> Can you remember that? That's pretty much still my life now. What still is? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get it a little yeah, bit more balanced. 
Yeah, so I'm <laughs> consistently inconsistent. <laughs> but the difference is now is that I know what my body needs yeah. to deal with that. So I, I can, that is my balance. Yeah. Um, and don't get us wrong, it's taken me 13 years to find it out, which is also another reason why I want to do this because something that's taken me 13 years to learn, if I can teach somebody that in 12 weeks, then I'm a happy girl. A happy girl. Oh, hugely, hugely. It's, 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 a good, it's good to know that you've come such a long way and you learn so much <laughs> over a long period of time and then you think, I can actually teach someone else this yeah. in a shorter period of time. And it might not completely sink in, but it sets the cogs working so they are more mindful over what it is that they're doing. And yeah. then and then they do start making habit changes and then it becomes a part of the life and it's not a chore and they're not restrictive. And Yeah. It's like food prep. Like, I swear by food prep. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get, like, a new cut, you're like, prep your meals, right? Bang them in the freezer and they're like, oh, I haven't got time for that. I was like, but for me, so I'll do it on a Sunday and it'll take us, say, two and a half hours, three hours from prepping it, making it, tidying up, done. But then I'm only messing the kitchen up once. Like, that's why I do it. Because right. I hate tidying it up. I hate, like, washing dishes and stuff like that. And I'm like, so it's saving time throughout the week. And then once you start teaching that to people and they take it on board, um, so, like, I'm, I'm teaching, training my mum now, and I'm like, prep your food. She used to work all day and not eat. Mm -hmm. Now she's prepping her food and taking food to work with her. Yeah. And she's like, it's so much easier. Like, I'm feeling more energetic and I don't need to think about my foods. Um, and I'm only messing the kitchen once. Yeah. So <laughs> any, anything that can make life easier. Winner, winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit conscious of time. Yes. So I normally wrap this up with um, one question, one final question. If you were to eradicate a label completely from the face of the earth, what would it be and why? Oh, I don't know. A label? You've got a stuffed. I have, haven't I? Yeah. I can say the tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's probably not a label, it's more of an emotion, but I think sadness. Right. I think everybody deserves to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just finding something like it's the sadness is shit. Yeah, it is. And sad, like you said, you know, it is. You're the first person who said a label is basically just a descriptive word because it is, in a sense. And people need to be able to just sort of, you know, when you cut the label out of clothes, yeah. cutting the labels out that you don't want, that don't serve you well. And sad is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I like that one. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been nice talking to you. My rainbow will go to work now. <laughs> no, it's a good way to be. But no, thank you very much for your time. It's been nice talking to you. It has. <laughs>